Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of the modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the plates to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fall. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Uh, I haven't done this bit in a while, so uh, here's a reminder that if you uh, want to make sure that you don't miss our podcast, uh, please subscribe to it in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever the hell it is that you get your podcasts uh, via RSS or whatever. Uh, personally, I use an app called Pocket Cast, which I think is pretty great. Uh, subscribing to the podcast, make sure that you get the latest one as soon as it comes out and you aren't just waiting around until you happen to see it flash by on TechDirt or somewhere else if you happen to see it somewhere else. Speaking of podcasts, uh, that's sort of the topic for today's podcast. Um, I listen to lots and lots of podcasts. I think at last check it was somewhere around 70 or 80 different podcasts I'm subscribed to. Um, and as you probably know, I spend a lot of time thinking and talking about legal issues. Uh, this podcast quite frequently covers lots of different legal issues, and we often have lawyers on as guests. And in fact, one of our regular co-hosts, who actually isn't on the show today, uh, is a practicing lawyer as well. Um, but I wouldn't call our podcast a legal podcast by any means. Uh, however, there have been a growing number of legal podcasts um, appearing these days, and many of them are really, really fantastic. And two of my favorites are relatively new, and they're both done by people that I have tremendous respect for in the legal world. Um, but rather than have them on to talk about the law, I'm asking them to be on the TechTurt podcast today to talk about podcasting the law. Um, so first, uh, we have Elizabeth Joe, who's a law professor at UC Davis and uh, who has done a ton of important work in exploring legal issues related to questions around government surveillance, among other things. Uh, however, last year, she also teamed up with Roman Mars of the famed podcast 99% Invisible to launch a truly wonderful podcast called What Trump Can Teach Us About Constitutional Law. Um, the title pretty much gives away the point of the podcast, uh, but each episode explores some sort of constitutional issue related to the Trump administration, but explores more deeply the background, history, and legal principles at stake, and sort of what is happening today with the Trump administration. Uh, and second, we've got Ken White, perhaps better known to uh, people around here as Popat online. Uh, and he is, of course, a criminal defense and First Amendment lawyer who just recently launched a legal podcast called Make No Law, which is all about the First Amendment, uh, which is being done on the Legal Talk Network. Uh, it's only a few episodes in as we record this, but uh, so far, each episode focuses in on a key case concerning a particular principle or aspect of First Amendment law and goes through the history of the case, including somewhat incredibly, <laughs> I think, sometimes doing reenactments uh, as part of the podcast and includes some very interesting interviews with key players involved in the various cases. Um, both of these are wonderful ways to learn about aspects of constitutional law and 
Well, I fully expect to have both Elizabeth and Ken on our podcast in the future to talk about actual legal issues. <laughs> For this episode, I actually wanted to talk to them about using the medium of podcasting to educate people about the law. Um, so we'll start with the obvious question of what made you guys decide to do a podcast. And Elizabeth, I'm going to start with you since your podcast was first. Oh, okay, thanks. I might. Um, hey. We got started uh, basically because Roman and I Know, know each other um, personally, um, not in a professional way, but we were actually fellow parents at the same school. Uh -huh. And uh, I kind of known about his podcasting, but never really asked him about it because I think being the kind of person who says, hey, I love your podcast is as embarrassing as it sounds. <laughs> so we, um, like we ever just made casual conversation. But then um, I started, uh, I got on Twitter kind of late. Um, Someone just said, oh, that's a great way to get on breaking news. So I started scanning it a lot. Trump got elected. And I just couldn't help but just, I was, like everybody else, was just astonished at all the stuff that started happening. Um, and Roman, I think, was following me for one reason or another. And then um, he said, hey, you know, let's have a conversation. It's not about school. Uh, let's just talk about, do you want to do a podcast? Um, and I I'd never thought about it. I wasn't really sure what that involved. So um, <laughs> we thought we'd give it a try. Um, and it was a real learning experience for me because I, you know, it's been eye-opening to think about, well, how do you make a podcast and how, how involved do you want to be in the law in describing things that people want to understand? But a podcast, I think, in general um, has a kind of tone and a narrative to it that uh, is really different than, you know, for, for example, me lecturing in front of students or you know, writing an article or anything like that. And, and that's been kind of, it's been fun. And um, we've certainly changed the podcast a little bit over time. I think we've gotten more of a rhythm going, but um, that's the genesis of it. And we thought it would be a temporary project and it's still considered temporary, but we'll see where <laughs> it goes. Yeah, I think, I forget how Roman phrases it, but but something to the effect of, uh, of indeterminate length. Right. <laughs> is, is it? Is I think the the phrase that he uses. Um, so and Ken, what about you? How did how did you decide to do this? I know you you talked about it for a while, and then then finally it, it showed up. Yeah, I talked big for a long time, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> the interest in it really grew out of enjoying a lot of podcasts. Uh, you know, I have to drive a fair amount in my practice, and uh, listening to a bunch of them has always been a good way to to use that time. Whether it's uh, you know, a podcast called Criminal that tells stories about you know, criminal justice issues or uh, um, the History of the World at 100 Objects podcast from the BBC. There's just a bunch about it there that I love for storytelling. And, you know, it occurred to me that I, I write a lot of sort of explainer posts, you know, taking weird legal issues and trying to put them in, in conventional terms that are understandable and entertaining. And I thought, you know, a podcast could be a great way to do that. Um, and then I was kind of looking for a frame for it, and I thought of doing, you know, one Supreme Court case at a time and sort of the narrative stories behind them, the people behind them, rather than just the dry law. So, you know, the whole the whole thing came kind of formed as a concept of the first episode about uh, fighting words in Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire. And I thought how interesting it would be to s just start the story in the middle with uh, Walter Chaplinsky shouting at a police officer and this sort of go from there with the story. And that's kind of how it grew. And um, how, how did you end up, you got hooked up with this, the, what is it, Legal Talk Network? 
Sure. Well, I pretty quickly figured out that um, the technical end and the producing end was beyond me, that I could wind up sinking a huge <laughs> amount of time into it without a very good result. And so I thought I would love to partner up with a network that uh, does that technical end so it just doesn't sound like me yelling into a soup can <laughs> and, um, and that I could just focus on the content. And it's been uh, a great partnership. They do a wonderful job. Their sound editing and their ideas for music and things are marvelous. And so I'm having a blast with it. Cool. Yeah. I, I just went with the shouting into a can <laughs> style of, of podcasting. Um, you guys both both teamed up with, with people who knew what they were doing. Um, so, um, Elizabeth, you, you mentioned that, um, you know, doing the podcast is actually different than teaching. And that was actually something I was wondering about um, because, I, you know, I wasn't sure, like, is it – if it if it was just sort of like the you know uh, an extension of of the way you teach in a classroom, um, so how how is it different? Oh, I mean, sure. I mean, in law school, you know, you're trying to get the students to understand particular legal doctrines, to get them to try and figure out the rationale of a case and how they might apply it to a different set of facts. So, I mean, those are basic sort of legal analytical skills. In the podcast, we're trying to do something different. It was more. You know, a good example was, you know, early after Trump had been elected president, I had a, a friend and a neighbor come over to the house, and she's not a lawyer, smart person, though, and said, you know, I hear all this stuff that Trump's doing, and I, you know, can he do any of that? Is that, a, is that allowed? <laughs> and and so I spent a good, you know, 20 minutes sort of walking her through, well, here are the things that the Constitution says, and here are some stuff we did. And I realized people are really kind of hungry for just basic explanations of, you know, here's the stuff that we know for sure. Here's the stuff where we're not really sure what the answer is. And here's why it's so different with Trump, because a lot of times presidents haven't really gone all the way to the edge of the line in terms of making us ask difficult questions. Um, but this is it seems to be totally different. And so it's a little bit different than than teaching in that respect. And the other difference, I'd say, is that podcasting is so intimate. You know, you're basically whispering in someone's ear. Um, you, you're having this, it feels like you're having a solo conversation with someone. And I think that changes the, the way in which you talk about the story. Um, it makes it a lot of fun in that way. You're trying to think, you know, what's appealing to someone? And, and let's face it, you know, Ken talked about driving in the car. Podcasting is usually kind of a background narrative to doing something else you're washing the dishes or you know you're 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 doing something else you know walking around exercising and you have to take that into account too so it's um it's a narrative it has to be a compelling narrative but uh it's something that people are it's a kind of uh, a recreational narrative that's what i'd say about it people are trying to listen in order to learn but also they're kind of going about their daily lives too yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, you were saying how this concept of sort of, you know, whispering in people's ears, and I'm thinking like, you know, definitely a lot of, I don't know if it's true of all the podcasts, but some of the podcasts I listen to, like, I definitely feel like I know the people who are putting together those podcasts much better than, than like, I would think I would know, you know, somebody I see on TV or something like that. Or, you know, even in some cases, you know, people I follow on the internet on Twitter or, um, and so it is. It is a, a sort of weirdly intimate, um, you know, form of, of mass communication, which is which is a little bit different. Yeah, I think you get a sort of a better sense of the person in a way from tone and and 
uh, volume and all these little factors that we do in interacting that kind of makes you feel closer to them and, and let you pick up more than you do just with a printed word, which obviously can convey a whole lot too. But I just think that we're kind of keyed in to, to react to people a little differently when we hear them than when we read them. And, and that can make us feel more connected to the podcast, which is great if you're trying to get listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and Elizabeth, you mentioned some of this already, but in terms of what you expected going in and sort of what what has happened so far in terms of doing the podcast? Uh, has it been exactly what you guys have expected or, or have there been major surprises? Uh, in terms of how, how it's been put together, I guess the, the, the nice thing about Roman, he's such a terrific producer. I mean, he, he obviously can produce anything and make it into right. a really compelling, uh, you know, 20, 30 minute segment. But he kind of went into this with me. I asked him, like, well, what are we supposed to do? Or to, what's the format? And he kind of looked at me and said, I don't really know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's try it out and, and figure out what to do. And, um, you know, we started out thinking about, well, let's just center the thing around uh, Trump's tweets and like, what do they mean? And what is he talking about? And if he's referring to something like, is he saying things that are sometimes just wrong? And the answer is yes. And uh, sometimes is he saying things that maybe we're not sure about? And um, we kind of worked around that. And that's been a pretty good model. And I think that, you know, the longer we've gone on, the episodes have gotten a bit longer, because I've kind of gotten the hang of thinking about well what would people want to know you know they don't they want to understand what Trump's talking about but I think people also want to know a little bit more about the longer Supreme Court case story behind whatever concept Trump is referring to erroneously or not right like what is he talking about um, and and how did we get here um, and in an entertaining way I think Ken's right about that I mean people do want to be entertained in a podcast they want to they they come for the story and um, they come for someone who's able to present the story in a really compelling and, and entertaining way and I think that in Ken's podcast what I like so much is to hear some of the um, voices of the people who are actually in these cases. That's been yeah. um, really super compelling. And I was actually going to ask you a question, Ken. How easy has it been to get those people to talk to you? Uh, it has been, for for most of the people, surprisingly, gratifyingly easy. So hmm. um, there are ones that have been sometimes more problem when I've been trying to find, you know, a professor on some particular subject matter for background. Sometimes it's hard to find one who will respond. But, you know, now that I actually have some episodes out there and not just some crank, uh, it, it's a little easier. But, you know, being able to just like, hey, I can I can ask Simon Tam or, or even Mary Beth Tinker and they'll talk to me is kind of, you know, a little mind blowing. Right. Yeah. And it, it definitely... Um, it adds color in, 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 in a really useful way. And I think that's actually, I mean, um, I mean, certainly some podcasters, I mean, you mentioned criminal, you know, up top, and that's obviously really excellent and, and um, you know, well-respected podcasts. And they're very good at sort of bringing in the, the voices of the, the whatever it is that they're talking about. But I, I actually don't hear that that often on a lot of the different narrative podcasts. Um and so, I th I th and especially in the legal space, um, and so I, I think that's actually a really w well done setup the way the way that you've done it. Um, what I, I found, so I mean, and to um, answer the same question Elizabeth answered is, I, I just find it's enormous amount of work um, <laughs> to do. So, you know, it's the kind of the direction we decided to go with with make no law was very scripted. So, right. the interviews I do are fairly free-flowing uh but then you know i take that 
audio and I build the script around it. And, um, you know, between doing that and finding a way to describe the legal issues that's not going to put people to sleep but is not totally wrong, it's just an enormous amount of time. And, you know, if I were producing, too, then I know that, you know, each half hour would be taking, like, 30 hours or something. Uh, So not really doable. And that's why I, I really like working with people who are good at the production end. I'd be interested to know from uh, Elizabeth how much time you spend, you know, kind of nailing down exactly what you're going to say as a, as opposed to sort of having general topics and then kind of riffing to some extent. No, not a lot of riffing. We, I actually spend a lot of time preparing um, in part because I want to make sure that I'm talking about whatever case or legal idea in sort of in, in simple terms as possible. So I, mean, right. I think the the easy thing is to kind of get into like abstract pointy-headed professor talk and um, that is a turnoff, frankly. Um, so the more I can sort of simplify the story and the ideas but still get my point across um, is the objective, but it takes a lot of work to get there. I think it the does. harder thing um, for uh, Trump Con Law, the, the, the podcast that we do, is that it's kind of somewhat geared to what's going on within like a two or three week span. Um, so I don't plan ahead really far. And so that sometimes has led to some very late nights where I realize, <laughs> oh, Trump just tweeted something. So we should focus, you no, know, abandon the plan that I had and go on to this other thing. Um, so that's been the really challenging part, which also kind of feeds into my looking at Twitter too much, which I have been doing <laughs> anyway. Um, but I'm always wondering like, oh, did I miss something today? Cause that could be the, you know, the basis of a, another episode. And there's plenty of fodder. I mean, he won't stop tweeting, right? So um, I think, you know, at this rate, we could keep going for, for many, many months. Yeah, I, I agree with you about how hard it is to make it, like, reasonably straightforward and simple. You know, it's like that Mark Twain quote that, uh, I'm sorry to write you such a, a long letter, I didn't have time to write a short one. Um, <laughs> it's It's tough to, particularly, you know, with some of these issues, to explain it so you're not just talking to the people who are already experts in the field, mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand, not to dumb it down so much that it's not really useful to people or not really informative. Mm-hmm. Uh, the happy medium there uh, takes some time to hit. Yeah, so so actually a question for both of you, which is, I mean, who do you think is the audience that you're you're trying to reach with the podcast? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I think for us, it's the group of people who feel vaguely like there is something amiss or with some of the things that the president tweets. They're not quite sure why, and it, they intuitively feel like, I'm following the news, but I don't understand what some of these things are about. And so they want a kind of a quick explanation and some sense of whether what's going on is unusual or not. So, you know, not lawyers deeply steeped in these topics, um, but people who are, you know, really conscientiously trying to follow the news but still need a little bit more, would benefit from a little bit more of an explanation. Um, Again, not getting deep into the weeds of, you know, every doctrinal twist and turn, but, you know, gosh, no one was, no one had any idea what an emolument was 18 months ago. No one was talking about it. There isn't a single, you know, there aren't legal case books that mention emoluments because, frankly, no one cared. Um, um, And so all of a sudden this word is floating around. Um, We're still talking about it as of, you know, this week. Um, And it just seems like well, you know, if if you want, you've never heard this word before, you know, you, you really deserve an explanation because everyone's talking about it and it seems to involve the president. So, um, yeah, sort of, you know, interested, engaged listeners, but not necessarily lawyers. 
Yeah, I, I think that's really well put. I, I think of myself as trying to aim between lawyers and non-lawyers in the middle there. And, you know, one of my interests for a while has been this concept that uh, these legal issues just dominate so much of our society, our rights, you know, what we do or don't do, what we're allowed to do. And yet too much of it is clouded in this sort of priest caste language um, that makes it impenetrable to people who haven't spent a huge amount of time getting up to speed on it. And I think it's interesting to see if you can engage the people who already know the stuff because of the quality of the discussion or because of the stories behind it that they didn't already know, the stories behind the cases that they already knew about, and then also engage people who aren't lawyers with sort of, you know, being able to give it to them in a way that's that's comprehensible and n- not gobbledygook and um, engaging. Yeah. And, and Ken, I mean, you mentioned um, doing the explainer posts and, and obviously you've been blogging for a long time now. Um, how, and, and since, you know, with the explainer posts and with other posts, I mean, you, you certainly, and, and on Twitter also, I mean, you spend a lot of time trying to, um, in some way or another, educate people on the law. Um, and how, how do you find this different than, than, than other mediums for doing it? Well, it winds up being a lot more thought through, word per word. Mm-hmm. You know, I can dash off a le- legal explainer on something pretty quickly, but when I'm going to have to read it and I hear my own voice, which I typically hate, um, it's <laughs> you put a lot you more thought into it. You start to get used to it. it. <laughs> you do, but I, I'm still traumatized from like third grade when I heard my <laughs> oral report about Venus on tape and uh, never quite gotten over that. Um, I, I think that... Um, it's an interesting medium. I think it's a better medium for storytelling, and it's one that I think has some sort of uh, kind of emotional resonance possibilities that aren't as easily there in text, particularly online text. And so I like the way that you can you know, cut back and forth with the interviews of people to make your point and then to have them you know, back it up with their first-hand knowledge of what happened and you know just just like you see in really in well-produced radio shows or tv shows that tell stories that way i just think it opens up some completely different possibilities uh, for storytelling i think that's right i mean one of the first things i just when i began with uh, the podcast with roman you know he's so experienced he's got you know a lot years of doing this and i said to him like i don't even understand what kind of structure we should have and he just said you know Every podcast should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that seems so obvious. But at the time, I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I guess I have to think of this as, as kind of a story that's unfolding. And that, that turned out to be really helpful for me, and it's kind of structured um, all of the subsequent uh, podcasts that we've done. Um, and, you know, there is something about the, the podcast forum because it is just audio, or I guess they still call it radio, but even though it's not truly radio. Um, you know, we're really consciously trying to kind of provide, uh, you know, we mentioned already the idea of it being entertaining, entertaining, soothing, but also kind of intimate. And um, uh, it's a format that lends itself to, like, you're actually really conscious about the presentation in a way that I hadn't really thought about before being, you know, teaching in a classroom. Um, um, It's a very different kind of experience, which I know you've already mentioned. 
Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, a big chunk of our podcast is often me reading Trump's tweets, which I try to do <laughs> in a monotone. But there's a lot of, you know, between him and me, like eye rolling going on. And <laughs> I just kind of like wave my arms around because it's sort of stressful to read them in, in as calmly as possible. Um, and, and so it, that turns out to be like a real, you know, disjoint. Like uh, we're looking at each other like, oh, my God. And I'm just sort of calmly reading this as, or as calmly as I can. For what it's worth, I think you're very expressive when you're doing that. I enjoy that. <laughs> it is well done. I enjoy it as well. Um, I, I agree that, I mean, the, the audio element adds different challenges. and it's, it's oddly some of the same challenges I see in law practice. It's easier to sort of fake it in writing than it is verbally. Hmm. You know, um, everyone has been in a position where, you know, I have to make an argument and this is an argument, so I guess I'm making it right. Um, when you don't have the best argument, you've got to do something. It's much easier to pull that off in writing than it is looking somebody in the eye and pitching your voice and sounding convincing. In the same way, you know, something I might be happy with if I weren't reading it aloud, then, you know, if I'm reading it aloud, I'm thinking halfway through, oh, this sucks. I've got to rewrite this a few <laughs> times. Um, and it, it kind of, it, that's why I think it takes so much time to do. I think that's right. And also, you know, I, I'm sure you feel the same way, Ken, like working with a, an experienced producer, they kind of sit back and say, you know, you think that this narrative makes sense, right? But you actually kind of lost me halfway because you didn't, you know, refer back enough to the, the previous section of the story. And you realize, oh, I'm treating this as if I'm writing, you know, an article in which you can flip back to the first page if you can. But you realize a, a podcast audience can't do that and won't do that. Um, and you really have to be conscious about how well structured is your story or that particular episode that you're working on. And that's been really eye-opening, too, because you listen to a well-produced podcast and you think, oh, it's just this guy talking. And it's just he has a nice voice and the story is pretty compelling. But there is an enormous amount of work that goes on and the editing and the re-recording. And, you know, oh, that bit didn't make as much sense as it could have. And, and, and it's the, the 20 or 25 minutes you hear represents just a, a lot of work behind it. Yeah, I, I find that having some non-lawyers on the production team is very helpful because it helps me focus on, you know, when I drift into lawyer talk or, you know, <laughs> things that are evident to me because I've been doing it for 20 years and they really help center me in terms of making it useful to a broader audience. And plus, they very quickly figured out that they could manage me by letting me have one weird term per episode, <laughs> uh, one saying or slogan or whatever. So, you know, it was it was dog's breakfast in the last one, and they, they just, they'd never heard that term, but they just said, let's just let Ken do that because we can get him to change all the other things we want him to change. I noticed that in the last podcast. Yes. But then they made fun of me for it in the audio to it so, by adding dog noises. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I did hear that. So the bottom line is the producers uh, are pretty much your boss. Right. Exactly. Right. right. They do lord over how it comes out in the end. Yes. Um, now, one thing that's just sort of interest me, interested me about this in general is this idea that um, – and this, I think, extends beyond just sort of the podcast space, but just to the general idea of having the public – you know, non-lawyer citizenry um, actually understand the law that, that that impacts them, and especially true of constitutional law. You know, and sort of their basic rights and 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 things of that nature. Um, and you know, there's there's a part of me that thinks you know there are problems with the idea that so many people don't understand um, some fairly 
basic concepts. Um, and part of me that realizes like, well, there's no way that, that, that we should ever expect everyone to have a full grasp of everything that's, that's, that's going on. And so I, this is just something that I've sort of been thinking more and more about lately about, you know, and part of the reason why I wanted to have this discussion with, with both of you, because you're, you're doing these podcasts and sort of, and, and the other things that, that you do, uh, both of you in terms of, you know, just educating people. Um, I, and so I guess I'm trying to figure out like, how do we feel about the fact that so many people don't understand the law? <laughs> is that, is that good? Is that bad? Is that just something that happens? Um, is is there a better way to to handle that? Do we, should we require, you know, second graders to get a legal education when they start learning to program, as everyone is now pushing for as well? Um, you know, what what should the 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 general knowledge of the law be among the public? Ooh, um, <laughs> tough question. I mean, I think that you know, obviously, we can't expect people to know every single aspect of the law. That's impossible. But right. Um, when you're in these what's what feels like a very different kind of political climate than we've ever been in, um, people need some sort of very basic um, legal, civic education and like just the very basics of how the government works. Um, so when you actually see someone on television say something like there should be a few moments where people, the average person could say, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right at all. That sounds like a complete lie, or that is just you know a falsehood. That's not how the government works at all. Um, so basic ideas really make a, a huge difference. And I think you know you make this joke about coding. You know we're in California. Yeah, I mean to the extent that kids are on coding right now, they should have like a lot of basic civic stuff. And I think that there is an insufficient amount of that um, going on. It's also true because there is so much social media chatter about you know I'm the current you know. Twitter or Facebook expert of the day on X legal topic. Um, there is so much garbage to wade through. I mean, Ken does a great job of it with his explainers, but um, there's just so much of it that it's incredibly confusing, even for the average person who's trying gamely to figure out what's going on in the news every day. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Elizabeth. And I, you know, I don't think that we have to make people subject matter experts. Um, or paralegals or, or anything like that. What I'd like to see is people getting up to the place where they have more self-confidence to do an inquiry for themselves. I mean, I think Americans should be able to read a case um, and sort of weed out the confusing numbers and, and legalisms and kind of get to the heart of what basically is this talking about. Okay, the Supreme Court made, just made this gigantic decision that affects my rights. Can I read through this and get a general gist of what's going on? Or this politician just said this about the law. I'd like to be able to have a basic level of literacy so that I can kind of read differing reactions to it and evaluate them. Just like, you know, you would hope people have a sort of baseline high school scientific literacy to be able to follow that type of stuff in the media. Although that's mm -hmm. probably not a good example because as far as I can tell, we don't. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think it's unobtainable at all. It's, it's not rocket science. Um, I think that there's some very complex areas of the law, but some of the most important stuff is stuff that anyone, if they're willing to invest a little time, can do. And I think that, you know, our civil rights, our civil liberties are kind of at the core of that um, because those help us evaluate the big picture things that our leaders are asking us to do and, you know, make decisions about them. You know, my it's recently my, my son is in 11th grade in his history class. They, everyone had to do a report on one Supreme Court case. 
And um, he asked me if I had any suggestions, which, of course, he quickly regretted. (laughs) 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 Like, do I? How much time do you have? So uh, he didn't get the one he wanted. But I think that absolutely that's the sort of thing kids in high school uh, can be taught. And I think that, um, it, you know, I think it's good work. I think it's, you know, preaching the gospel uh, to go out there and help people understand how their civil rights and civil liberties work. Yeah. I think that's right. I mean, I, it's, you know, it can't just be that, you know, kids whose parents are like, like, like Ken or like me are the only kids who get the boring dinner time table talk. Of like, <laughs> let me tell you about the First Amendment, kids. Um, you know, I think that, that there is, that's right, that, that there's some basic education there that people can avail themselves of. You know, they can use the Internet and get, real, you know, some basic facts about um, what legal concepts should be important to them. And when they can't, they can turn to things like podcasts, like, um, you know, some basic articles. And But I think that I think there is more of a motivation now that we're seeing. I mean, I think that accounts for the rise of the popularity, frankly, of this plat- these kinds of platforms for people to learn, because they're really hungry for a kind of understanding context. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I keep thinking at some point I want to put together – this is this is dangerous and I probably shouldn't admit it on a podcast where it could be tied back to me. <laughs> but but I, I want to do a layman's explanation of, of civil procedure <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> just because uh, that seems to be something that confuses the hell out of, out of everyone who is not a lawyer and is talking about different legal cases and, and don't seem to understand – some of the very basics, um, but but it feels so deep in the weeds that I feel that would probably just turn off everyone who should <laughs> pay attention to it. It's tough, and that's why I think what um, Elizabeth is doing with her podcast and what I'm doing with mine is a good way to do that type of thing. Because if you can connect that dry stuff to stories and yeah. to people and to say, you know, okay, this person found themselves in this situation – um, and, you know, what rules govern that? How do they come out? Or, you know, in, in Elizabeth's case, Trump said this weird thing, but what's the real story? You know, it's, it's kind of a, right. a frame, a context to have the discussion. I think that's right. And then, in, you know, in, in Ken's podcast, you know, one of the things that's so nice is you actually realize when you hear these interviews, like, wow, like some of these incredibly important cases are begun in some really ordinary circumstances, you know, like school, like the, the the workplace, like things that people understand intuitively, like, oh, something wrong happened here. And somehow that problem made its way to the Supreme Court. Um, and I think that's really compelling because people feel like often, I think, that there's some great distance between ordinary life and what happens in the courtroom and, and certainly what happens at the Supreme Court. But the truth is that most of these cases arise out of some pretty recognizable and ordinary circumstances. Yeah, and and I think it's it is actually interesting because I mean even as someone who does pay attention to these things and and knows the names of various Supreme Court cases, like you know once once the Supreme Court cases are sort of you know uh, whatever chiseled into stone, like you know the name of the case becomes important, but the people behind them sort of fall away a little bit. Like you sort of don't think about the 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 people and sort of how it came about. You think about sort of the principles in the case and, and sort of the rules that that come out of the the, the ruling or whatever. Um, and so one of the things that I really appreciate about uh, about Ken your podcast is like you know reintroducing us to the people <laughs> um, and, and reminding us that there are these sort of real people with whatever backgrounds and origins behind the the name of the case on the wall. Um, and, and I think that is, that's actually a really useful thing in sort of recontextualizing some of the some of the different cases 
it's part I'm finding the most fun, actually, is talking to some of these people. Um, and like, you know, Mary Beth Tinker. Uh, Tinker mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, Des Moines School District wears a black armband to, um, you know, advocate for a truce in Vietnam. And talking to her, like the, the little details, like how she made the black armband out of stuff mm-hmm. in her house and how about, you know, no one was really um, giving her any trouble with it at school except for some of the boys, but they didn't tend to listen to them anyway. It's just like <laughs> I could be talking to one of my kids, um, you know, the, the thought process and the way that she got to this point where she's now this kind of First Amendment icon, just a regular person going through regular things, reacting the way we might in the same circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, um, that one especially was interesting to me because sort of my, my first, uh, exploration into sort of digging deep into legal issues, uh, goes back, uh, I'm afraid to count now, but probably somewhere 25 years ago when I was in high school. Um, and, and I had some friends who put together, uh, it sounds really cheesy now, now that I'm an adult and everything, but <laughs> put together an underground newspaper in the high school. Um, and uh, my job as uh, being part of this underground newspaper was to write the, the back page article, which was all about why we couldn't get in trouble for writing a, an underground <laughs> newspaper and publishing it and distributing it in the school. And so Mike, I you've actually, been remarkably consistent your entire yeah, life. Yes. <laughs> yes uh, it recently, yeah, it's been pointed out to me that, that I, I started this kind of writing long a long time ago. Um, but obviously, the, you know, the Tinker case was, was a key argument that I was, I was pointing to in that, in that article. I have to try and figure out if somewhere like in my parents attic or something they have copies of that buried somewhere which it may still exist but it might not um but yeah so i mean i still i've always kind of remembered that that particular case and then to actually but but again that was another situation where like i knew about the case and i've known about it you know for more than half my life at this point um but i i had never actually necessarily thought about like the person behind it and then in your podcast you know there she was and and uh i thought it was really really interesting and entertaining to 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 see it that way. Um, so I guess sort of one final thing in terms of, you know, where, if anywhere, or if you've put any thought into it, wh- where do you see these things, you know, your, your podcast in particular, or just this, this kind of medium going um, in the future? I know, Elizabeth, you said you didn't know how long yours was going to last and it's, it keeps going and there's more, more to go. Um, but do you have any any sort of thoughts or insight into where you think they're gonna they'll go as as time goes on? Um, well, for ours in particular, I, I think that you know we we have another season coming up. Um, we discussed after the second season should we keep going, and I actually had a strange thought like, well, I guess we'll have things to talk about, right? And Roman, <laughs> Roman kind of looked at me like, Are you crazy? <laughs> of course you will. Um, and so I, I think we'll have we'll keep going for a little while anyway. Um, and in terms of the medium, it seems really just to be taking off in general. I think a lot of people are kind of discovering, like, this is an easy way to try and sort of dip into whatever world you're interest, interested in, whether it's law or 
architecture or film or you know all these different places um it, you know essentially recorded radio and and people find that kind of a and and also it kind of feeds into this idea of binging you know people like listen to right. all the episodes of Ken's uh, mm-hmm. podcast at once or you know all of them of, of uh, Tech Dirt or you know S Town and and th- there's that aspect of it too people feel I think people like the idea of being in control of their learning and podcasting I think really speaks to that impulse. I think that's true, and I I think it's kind of in a way, you know, like where blogging was 10 years ago or something, which is kind mm-hmm. of ironic because in some ways it's a, you know, you could see it as a step backward. Uh, you know, I used to make tapes with friends telling bad jokes on, you know, crummy tapes, you know, 30, 40 years ago. But um, I, I think it is a new way to engage people, not only the listeners, but the people who want to talk about the things they're passionate about, and that's great. Um you know, I've got a ton of more First Amendment cases to go through, and as long as I can keep up a roughly one-a-month pace, uh, I think I'll keep doing it. I mean, one thing I would say um, is that I think it's important for people to do the podcast they want to do as opposed to the one that someone else wants to consume. So mm. to some extent, yeah, you want to think about what will engage people, what will get an audience. But also you have to do sort of what you're passionate about or what speaks speaks to you. So I've had some people say, you know, Ken, I like you better when you're like, you know, um, shooting from the hip or in a debate or something like that. And, you know, you should do more discussions as opposed to this. And I'm thinking, you know, that sounds like a good podcast, but that's not the one I'm interested in doing. You know, I'm interested in doing like a, a, uh, a narrative uh, storytelling thing. Uh, you know, and people say, well, it's too produced. And I think, well, again, that's kind of you know, what I'm doing. That's <laughs> how I've decided to do it. And, you know, I, I like Elizabeth's podcast because it have, I think it has a very clear idea of what it is and what they're having fun doing. And I think that people respond to that and kind of, you know, like you said, a podcast have a beginning, middle, and end. And I think listeners respond with on a sort of, you know, comfort food level to this is the way this podcast works. This is the thing. These are the things that happen in, in it. And I'm familiar with it, and I'm going to keep listening to it because I enjoy, you know, that structure. Yeah, no, yeah, I think I think that that makes sense. And you know, as I said, it's 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 been really interesting just to see, you know, sort of, you know, both of you guys, um, you know, come up with these podcasts, which I, both of which I really enjoy, and and a few others as well, you know, in the legal space, but also in other other areas as well. And so I I think it's just it's 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 really kind of a fascinating medium and i do think that like the blogging analogy potentially makes sense um and you know hopefully we don't <laughs> have the equivalent where a, a facebook like entity then sort of destroys all blogging <laughs> and <laughs> destroys all podcasting and and suddenly we're all sucked into one central <laughs> authority but well we'll see um but um both of you guys um thanks so much for well for doing your podcast in the first place and everything else that you guys do uh and for taking the time to come on the podcast this thanks for having us a fun discussion it's fun to be here thank you and uh thanks to everyone for listening and we'll be back next week to grab a shovel and 